Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. And there is a lot to get into today. Let's go with the most breaking thing. We've got multiple reports out that the feds are close to indicting Donald Trump. Now, here's what you need to know. There is a grand jury that has been convened in Miami. It was originally in the District of Columbia. It was originally in Washington, D.C. It was essentially a second one that was impaneled in Florida because the investigation, the the raid at Mar-a-Lago, all that took place in Florida. So essentially what they do is they uh, close the grand jury in D.C., open up another one, basically read in that grand jury on the findings of the previous grand jury, and they continue the investigation from there. The feds, according to reports, are getting close to an indictment. Donald Trump himself told the New York Times' Maggie Haberman that he has not been told he's getting in, he's been getting indicted. Other reports say the Trump team has been informed it's happening. Haberman on Twitter, this was... A little over about an hour and a half ago, Trump tells me minutes ago he has not been told he's getting indicted when contacted. It's not true, he said, adding again he hasn't done anything wrong. Trump's statement came amid a report from one of his allies that he has been told this. New York Times, CNN, WAPO, and other outlets have all reported federal officials have been building toward a likely indictment, including with witnesses in Miami before a grand jury today. When asked... If he had been told he's a target, he demurred, saying he doesn't talk directly to prosecutors. John Solomon, uh, an investigative journalist, reported earlier that the feds informed Trump he is a target likely to be indicted as DOJ rebuffs prosecutorial misconduct claim. Trump then on uh, Truth Social later on said... No one has told me I'm being indicted and I shouldn't be because I've done nothing wrong, but I have assumed for years I am the target of a weaponized DOJ and FBI, starting with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, the no collusion Mueller report, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the perfect Ukraine phone call, and various other scams and witch hunts, a travesty of justice and election interference at a level never seen before. Republicans in Congress must make this their number one issue. That is Donald Trump. Now, at the same time, other reporters, as mentioned earlier, other reporters have been saying, well, yeah, the the reports are out there that he is, in fact, about to be indicted by the feds. Um, In fact, what's his name? God, what is the reporter's name? He's the other New York Times reporter. That you should know. Maggie, so Maggie Haberman is the one who's always talked to Jonathan Swan is the one I'm thinking of. But Maggie Haberman is one Trump always talks to. It's kind of a love hate relationship. He trashes her, but at the same time, he's the one who feeds her stuff. Um, but uh, Swan reported earlier that Trump is, in fact, uh, about to be indicted. John Santucci of ABC News confirmed Swan's report at the New York Times. Meadows has gone into the special counsel's grand jury. So Mark Meadows, uh, former chief of staff for Donald Trump, was called before the grand jury, has gone in to testify there. 
there's a lot unfolding on this that you need to be aware of. I don't know that an indictment is coming today, but the reports indicate it is coming soon. And that is pretty significant. That is another development for Donald Trump. It is a legal development, but also a political one. How does that affect Donald Trump and his candidacy to be the president? When the Alvin Bragg uh, indictments came out, jokes that they were, the Alvin Bragg indictment actually boosted Trump's uh, standing in the polls. Now, this comes at an interesting time because Trump could use a bump in the polls in Iowa. State-level polling in Iowa is very interesting. Trump has not done a lot in Iowa. In fact, you remember there was that weekend where DeSantis kind of showed up in Iowa. Trump had canceled a rally because of severe weather. And DeSantis has actually gained something like a, uh, 10 to 15 points in just state-level Iowa polling. It needs to be noted that historically, nobody has ever become the president who hasn't won Iowa or New Hampshire. And if DeSantis is jumping, if he's gaining ground, if he could possibly win Iowa, that means Trump has to win New Hampshire, historically speaking. Now, obviously, conventions could change. This is Donald Trump we're talking about. But if indictments from the DOJ do cause a bump in the polls for Trump, that shapes things up again, that shakes the whole thing up. We are still a ways away from the Iowa caucus and from the first debates. But while all this is going on, you've got Mike Pence, who's out now officially a candidate. You've got Chris Christie, who is officially a candidate. Both men took swings at Trump. Chris Christie's swings at Trump were very heavy-handed. And they are a direct attack, which leads you to believe that Chris Christie is going to make his campaign about fighting Trump and probably not fighting many other people which kind of leans credence to the whole conspiracy theory that he's there just to play spoiler to Trump, that he's just there to engage Trump and make Trump fight him rather than Trump take on some of these other candidates, which could be the case. Mike Pence out there with a powerful statement today that really resonates with a lot of Trump skeptical voters. Uh, And in one of the more powerful parts, speaking to this crowd that he was speaking to, talked about January 6th, and he said, Donald Trump asked me to choose between him and the Constitution, and I chose the Constitution. We have to do the same in 2024. That's his pitch as to why him, not Donald Trump. So all of this is taking place. Donald Trump's legal problems, more people jumping into the race. You've got DeSantis surging in Iowa. There's a lot of things at play here. A lot of news coming out, and this was not even on the list of things I was going to talk about today because there's already an hour's worth of material here. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to reset. I'm going to go into the stuff I was going to go into, and if new stuff on the indictment comes up, I will share that with you as breaking news as well. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Come on. I know you guys are listening. You were active during Wing In at Wednesday this morning. Time to do the same now. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, let's jump to the phone lines. Mike, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? Persecution of Donald Trump for four years. And now we know exactly what it was. It mm-hmm. was just that. 
And on the other hand, we're finding out what's, what went down with the uh, with what they did or didn't do, I should say, with Joe Biden. I don't think we sufficiently are mad enough or are sufficiently scared enough at what what has happened to our government. You know, this is third world Russia, China, Cuba stuff, man. And I just don't see enough alarm in the GOP and quite just just in us. You know, we should be jumping up and down and say we're about to lose the republic. You concur? Yeah, I'm, I, I think that we've had uh, a pretty ample evidence that our Justice Department has been very weaponized against Republicans mm-hmm. and particularly against Donald Trump. We have enough of this information that has come out that shows from the get-go they were doing everything they could against Donald Trump. Whether their reasoning was valid or I mean, you could make the argument they really thought that Trump was a sock puppet of Russia, that still doesn't validate what they did because they violated Every ethical thing you're supposed to do in law enforcement in order to initiate and go after Donald Trump, initiate all these investigations. And now we've got this one where this is all based on this is, I think, the special counsel's investigation that started as an FBI investigation, the raid at Mar-a-Lago. And in the in the wake of that raid, I mean, we got multiple reports supposedly from inside the Justice Department, almost almost all of which ended up being disproven as to what was or was not in the documents. There is a lot of, at best, contention over how things went down in that raid and leading up to it. But we're going to go further ahead with this investigation into an indictment. It does not look good on the GOP. You're right for not taking the threat more seriously. And so we have this weaponization uh, subcommittee that one of our own congressmen in Louisiana, Mike Johnson, is on. I need to get him back on the program, but they're looking into those sorts of things, but none of this recent stuff has made it to their docket yet. They're still fighting on a lot of the other uh, a lot of the other weaponization issues. I mean, there's a lot to dig through, and it's it's little wonder, Mike, that you, me, and others in the country just have not uh, have not we we've lost our faith in the justice system and in the justice department in particular right but you know we're not talking about them going after a small time mayor we're talking about them going after the president of the united states uh you know it doesn't get any bigger than that and, and any more serious than that and uh you know look what they did or didn't do again with hillary clinton and with the email scandal and what she was doing in her basement i mean those things ought to be what they did didn't do with with Hunter Biden. I mean, it, it's so it's so biased and it's so uh, bad. I think that I just hope something comes out of it, Joe. Because, uh, like I said, I've, I'm fearful that our republic uh, is going to become a third world uh, banana republic. And and uh, God help us then, man. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Mike, for the call. Always appreciate it. Two three two fifteen forty two. If you've got uh, comments you want to make or send a message through the KPL app chat. Love hearing from y'all on there as well. Uh, got a message on the app. Speaking of from Pop here in Lafayette, if Mike Pence is about the Constitution, did he? Why did he certify an election which the results were gotten by uh, election law? Uh, as written in the Constitution, uh, or did he certify an election in which the results were gotten by election laws written in the Constitution? We know the answer is false. Only the state legislatures can change election laws. He certified an election where activist judges changed the laws in many states. And 
okay, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Mike Pence cannot, from that, from that spot, constitutionally, he cannot refuse to certify that. I mean, there, there was no proof, legally gained proof, that he could overturn those election results and refuse to certify that. So you can say that by certifying it, he didn't follow the Constitution. He followed it to the letter. The folks who were supposed to defend Trump and fight these cases in court did not make the case very well and actually were repudiated by judges frequently for not showing up prepared to court for making statements outside of the court and then not representing those statements inside the court. There's a, if you want to blame anybody, I wouldn't blame Mike Pence. I would blame the people that were supposed to be representing Trump. If you really think the election was stolen, why didn't the people that were supposed to represent him do a good enough job? I mean, they, Half the claims they made publicly, they did not fight on in court. So you do you do need to take that into account as well. Anyway, I want to move on. Got a couple minutes left. I want to mention, because I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about social media and kids in the next half hour, because there's a big story out today. But before we get there, CNN has parted ways with CEO or, or President Chris Licht. Chris Licht was brought in after Jeff Zucker. And he was supposed to turn the company around. I think what's interesting is that Axios and a couple other reporters and outlets have pointed out that CNN didn't bring in much money this year. And what they do is they say, uh, as opposed to when the company brought in, you know, a billion plus dollars between 2016 and 2020, that was when CNN under Jeff Zucker had Trump in office to play foil to. They're not giving you the numbers from 2021, 2022 as well, because under Jeff Zucker, money started tanking. Chris Licht came in at the very bottom, and Chris Licht had the right diagnosis for what was wrong with CNN. Uh, I mentioned yesterday, I think, uh, Chris Licht came out and said, we have the data. Our coverage, co- our, our COVID coverage was not good, and reporters got mad because they won awards and all this, but they looked at their own internal data. They looked at... The they looked, they surveyed viewers and all the viewers that they surveyed said it was the covid stuff, man. Like that turned us off. We we ran off from that. And he came out and said it and made reporters. Man, the reporters have been opposing him from day one because he's wanted to bring CNN closer to the center. And they did not want to validate Republican opinions. They got they were furious at the Trump town hall again. Why are you legitimizing Trump by giving him a town hall? Well, he's a newsmaker. CNN is a news channel. Even if you don't like what Trump says or think he's a a threat to the republic, you bring him on and you ask him the questions about it. And he tried doing that. Now, his problem was that was his first big management gig. He was a producer before that. He had no experience managing a network. And so he came in and was really ham-fisted about a lot of it. He was not in touch with the newsroom very much. And he was also very, very public in what he was saying and criticizing and how he wanted to turn things around. And it rubbed a lot of the staff at CNN the wrong way. His diagnosis, though, that they had gotten too partisan, were going too far off the path that they were supposed to be on. That was absolutely correct. Hopefully the next guy that comes in will be able to continue turning the ship around, although maybe have better management. All right, we're going to take this break. Bottom of the hour, we've got news. We've got the commodities report, all that more. Then I'll be back after the bottom of the hour news here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. 
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Now, on to a subject I've talked about a lot. I will probably continue talking about because it is so important that we are aware just exactly what's happening out there. Instagram has made it very easy for adult content creators to sell their content. It makes it very easy for people who are looking for that content to find them. It has made it very easy for those people to connect with people who want to find them. And as a result, it should not surprise you that, uh, that folks selling child pornography are able to take advantage of that. The Wall Street Journal has this exclusive report out today. And if you have a child who is on Instagram, you need to know about this. Not to say that your child is one of those victims in this, but you just need to be aware of the content that is so readily available on this platform that Meta, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram, admits is a problem they're trying to work on. And they formed a task force to look into it because that's, obviously going to help. Instagram connects vast pedophile network from the Wall Street Journal. Instagram, the popular social media site owned by Meta, owned by Meta platforms, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content, according to investigations by the Wall Street Journal and researchers at Stanford University and University of Massachusetts Amherst. Pedophiles have long used the Internet, but unlike the forums and file transfer services that cater to people who have interest in illicit content, Instagram doesn't merely host these activities. Its algorithms promote them. Instagram connects pedophiles and guides to them. I'm sorry, and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests. The journal and academic researchers found. Though out of sight for most of the platform, the sexualized accounts on Instagram are brazen about their interest. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags and connected them to accounts that used those terms to advertise child sex material for sale. Such accounts often claim to be run by the children themselves and use overtly sexual handles incorporating words that I will not say on the air. Instagram accounts, they say it in the story. Instagram accounts offering to sell illicit sex material generally don't publish it openly, instead posting menus of content. Certain accounts invite buyers to commission specific acts. Some menus include prices for videos of children harming themselves and imagery of the minor performing sexual acts with animals, researchers at the Stanford Internet Observatory found. At the right price, children are available for in-person meetups. Again, This isn't necessarily get your children off social media, although that's not a bad idea. This goes deeper than that. The availability and the openness of a lot of these sites makes it very easy to sell, request, and commission this type of product. It makes it very easy for adult content sellers. The ones who are even doing legal stuff It's very easy not only for you to find them, but actually you find one account by accident. All of a sudden, the algorithm is pushing a ton at you. 
And these are all people that have links in their profiles that when you click them, they take you to, like it says, a whole menu of things, different social media links, adult websites where you can go and buy their content, et cetera. It's all available there. But what the Wall Street Journal and what these researchers have found is that Meta's not doing a very good job of monitoring the accounts that aren't just doing that, but actually selling child explicit material, whether it's the child themselves, whether it's somebody who's underage doing it, or more likely some predator who is using the child for that. It's pretty grotesque. It's pretty horrifying that that is there. And all too often we have social media companies that make it far too easy for that content to be found. I've talked about TikTok a lot. TikTok is the same way. In fact, most of those adult content creators use TikTok and Instagram simultaneously. TikTok to post, to post videos that just barely are above the content moderation guidelines. They then link you to their Instagram. Their Instagram hosts the menu that you can order from as well, some still shots of things that you're not supposed to you know, watch in the workplace or anything like that. And that menu takes you on to the adult content. And there are a lot of accounts out there, a lot of accounts on social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok or Snapchat or Twitter, there are a lot of accounts that sell this content, even if they're not the person who's actually pictured in the profile. As great as social media can be for connecting us with family members and friends, people we went to school with, it's also become a wild, wild Western frontier of new ways to create and sell porn on the internet. And that is what leads to things like what's mentioned in this story. Now, the problem here is Meta. Meta routinely tweaks its algorithms to make sure that sexualized content is actually pushed at you on Instagram. It makes it very easy if you find one, the algorithm just, just starts pushing a lot of it at you. There have been studies that have shown if you create the, an account for a teen or preteen girl, not too long, you will actually see a lot of posts in your suggested feed, your suggested Instagram feed of unrealistic body standards, a lot of revealing photos, things that essentially would shame a preteen or teen girl because their body doesn't look like that. The algorithms are built to promote that kind of content because what does Meta want? It wants engagement. What draws the clicks? What draws the views? What makes it more likely that you'll see an advertisement? Sex. It's all about engagement, and that's what Meta is pushing. That's what their algorithms are basically trained to do. And as a result, it pushes this content at kids. And kids are exposed to this sexualized content. They're exposed to these unrealistic body standards, and it causes psychological problems. It's meant to sell beauty products. It's meant to sell lingerie. It's meant to sell clothes and all these other things. But it, it also unintended, but also creates a lot of social and emotional problems among kids. 
those algorithms are built to push that kind of content out. And it's very easy to search for that kind of content. Very, very easy. And if Meta's content moderating systems, which essentially is an AI that's built to go and search for hashtags and things like that that may be questionable, if those algorithms, those AIs are broken, or if they're not really trained to do that properly, because in the end, engagement is engagement. However you get it, that's up to you. If the AI, if the algorithm doesn't catch these things, it allows entire child porn communities to grow out in the open. They don't need the dark net. They don't need these backroom websites and forums to sell and, and display this content. They've got Instagram. There are plenty of stories on predator, of, of predators on social media that are reaching out to these young girls that they are getting sexually explicit material from those girls. They're posing as girls. They're posing as young boys. They're getting access to kids, and then they turn around and sell it. And that's the best-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is it's a predator from within the own home or somebody who has kidnapped a child and is using them in some sort of underground sex trade for cash which is still a problem in the U.S. It is, without a doubt, a major, major problem. That's why social media is so dangerous for our kids. And if you aren't monitoring what your kids are doing on social media, you don't know exactly what they're getting exposed to. And you don't know what they might be sending. And hopefully you've raised your child to not send those sorts of things on the Internet. But you don't know who your child may be talking to. And if you aren't monitoring that day in and day out, something is going to slip through the cracks and then there's going to be a problem. But Meta makes it very easy. Instagram makes it very easy. Snapchat, for all it talks about privacy, makes it very easy. A lot of these apps do that. A lot of these apps make it super, super easy for you to get a hold of this illicit content involving children. Even if they're, even if they're teenagers, they're still children. And there are people out there who are constantly looking for it, and there are people more than happy to share it. Meta says it's now forming a team to look into this, and that it's going to get tougher on it. Some of the hashtags they mentioned in the story, you now can't find anything. Those hashtags have been blocked on that platform. But there are other hashtags out there, and they will develop new hashtags, and they will develop new keywords for you to go and find the material. Because the underlying problem is maybe you, as a company, shouldn't allow people to sell porn on your platform if it's meant to be for kids and families. Maybe you should block those menu websites. Maybe you should block those websites that allow you to sell things. It's very easy to find the keywords, to find the emojis, to find the hashtags and all that that you need to find out who is a seller and who might be selling something a little bit less than legal. Very easy. Any one of you out there could do it right now. I don't recommend doing it. But any of you out there could. 
232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Let's take one last break. We'll get back and finish up the new, the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. Is the phone number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat? You can do so. Let your voice be heard. So, the last story I want to get to today, let me find it real quick the Canada thing. Canada's got wildfires. And the smoke from the wildfires is dipping down into major northeast cities like New York City, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Detroit. If you, I actually, so we got a couple of pictures. I posted them kpl965.com. You can go and see there. Um, if you look, it, it looks like some post apocalyptic wasteland. Like, after the apocalypse, when humanity has been killed off in some nuclear war, New York with a, a this hovering brownish cloud of smoke. This is what post-apocalyptic New York looks like. I mean, there's a shot in there of, of Times Square, which is normally bright and lit up even during the day, and it's just smog. You can't even see the tops of some of the buildings. It's just smog. And these are wildfires in Canada stretching almost all over Canada. Their their wildfire season starts in May, but this is the worst they've ever seen it. Normally the bad stuff you really don't get until the end of the summer and we're at the beginning of June and already there's are a, there's a ton of fires in Canada. And it's just all this smoke flooding into US airspace. Now the good news is doesn't look like it's going to reach Louisiana unless the the fires just grow and the, the the volume of smoke grows an insane amount. Right now, the weather patterns, the way the winds are working and everything, it's all kind of getting swept out to sea by the around the time it gets to Virginia and uh, as far south as North Carolina. But I mean, if there's a huge volume of smoke, weather patterns change, things like that. You you don't know. I mean, we we've seen that Saharan dust turn our our skyline. Uh, Actually, beautiful shades of of orange. No, that wouldn't happen with this smoke. It would just be murky and gross looking. So pray that doesn't happen to us. I have friends up in Washington D.C. and, and up uh, in the Northeast, and they say it's it's worse than any allergy season they've had. They some of them can barely breathe. The air quality, New York City's air quality, is the worst in the country because of all this, and it's only getting worse. The amount of smoke that's pouring in. The uh, the uh, Major League Baseball and the WNBA have both canceled games in New York City because of the levels of smoke. So any professional sports that are happening in these cities likely to be canceled as all this smoke, all this stuff just fills the skies and it's all gross and everything. I'm, I'm telling you, go look at the pictures. It is horrific out there. But Louisiana is not immune. We have wildfires, wildfires all over the country. Uh, a couple of years ago, Kasachi National Forest, uh, our our only national forest in the state, had something like a, a dozen wildfires in two thousand one in 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 a very short time span. We get our own, but I haven't seen anything like this, y'all. This is crazy. The amount of smoke 
that's getting tossed out. And, and somebody actually just sent a link. It's to a Facebook post, uh, same picture, different day. It is a bright and clear and beautiful New York skyline. And then the next day, it's a brownish, orangish, smog-filled city. I'm telling you, it looks like a nuclear war has taken place, and this is what is left of New York. That's how disgusting and dirty it looks. Anyway, you guys have a fantastic day. I'll be back in 23 hours. In the meantime, follow me on Joe. On, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. Shout out to Mike for calling, Pop for sending a message into the show. Shout out to everybody listening. Love you all dearly. Thank you for listening to the show. Gary Cruz is in. He will be with Shannon, who, as always, is extremely offsides. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, y'all have a great day.